everyone, and welcome back to Short Stories for Kids, the magical podcast of story adventures. And now it's time for a story request. Hi, Lucy. My daughter has been listening to your podcast for years. Your podcast has really helped us calm her for car rides and before bedtime. She recently came up with an idea for one of your stories. Her name is Rosalie. The story is about a cat that comes across a house and a family that have two girls living there. The family owns 130 cats, so the parents don't know if they can keep any more. Pearls, the first cat ever adopted by the family, welcomes Clover and shows her around. There was once a cat called Clover. Clover didn't have a home or a family and had spent her life so far wandering from place to place. On her travels, she had seen the cats who receive love and attention from their owners and had come to the conclusion that she would like to live like that too. The problem was, of course, finding a family that would be happy to have her as their cat. This was how Clover had ended up stood outside one particular house that she rather liked the look of. Would they perhaps like to have a cat like her? There was only one way to find out. But as she approached the front door, she was disappointed to discover a cat already sat before it. Hello, said the cat. Can I help you? Clover stopped and apologized for intruding on the cat's home. Oh, I I didn't mean to disturb you, said Clover. I thought this looked like a nice place to live, and so I was going to ask if they'd like to have me as their cat. I, uh, I didn't realize they already had one. Oh, they have more than one, said the cat. This house has a hundred and thirty. A hundred and thirty cats? repeated Clover in surprise. Goodness, they really must like them to have that many. Well, I'm quite sure that with that many, they they really don't need another. Well, that's not for me to say, said the cat. Look, my name's Pearls. Why don't I show you around? You can at least meet some of the other cats and perhaps even the family. Clover considered this. She may as well. She'd come this far after all. Oh, I'd love to, she said eventually. So Pearls took Clover round to the garden where cats could be seen everywhere. There were cats on the shed roof, cats sprawled on the lawn, and cats chasing butterflies. By Jove, Pearls, who the dickens is this pussycat you've brought into our garden? Said a big gruff cat curled up on a garden chair. This is Clover, said Pearls. And, and Clover, this is Randolph Fuzzington Third. Wow, what a cool name, said Clover with a smile. Oh, why, thank you very much, said Mr. Randolph the Third. And what is it that we can do for you? Well, I-, I was wondering if I could live here, but, but that was before I knew that 130 cats already did, explained Clover. 
Ah, oh, yes, well, it is rather crowded, isn't it? said Mr. Randolph Fuzzington Third, looking around. I suspect that you've never seen so many animals all in one place. Oh, I have, said Clover. I've traveled many miles to many places and seen many things. Once I came across an ogre with two hundred dogs hunting for his food in a forest. I watched as the two hundred dogs chased a mother deer and her fawn, trapping them against some rocks before the ogre swept the pair up into a big brown sack. I had to be very careful as I followed them all the way back to the ogre's cave. The ogre dumped the sack containing the mother and fawn at the cave's rear, then lit a fire beneath his cooking pot while the dogs settled down around him and waited for their dinner. As Clover told the story, the cats around the garden stopped what they were doing to listen. Well, I couldn't leave the two deer to their fate, continued Clover. And so I decided to do something about it. But with 200 dogs between myself and the deer, I had to be very, very careful. I crept up the cliff face on the outside of the cave and found a thin ledge that, that ran inside high above the ground. Quietly, I slipped along it, hidden by the shadows, while the 200 dogs watched their owner chop up onions and garlic and add them to the pot. When I was above the sack, I dropped down behind it and chewed through the knot that held it closed before urging the mother and baby to be patient. I then scaled the back of the cave to the ledge and returned to the cave's entrance. Every cat in the garden was fascinated by Clover's brave tale, each one of them eager to find out what happened next. Somehow, I needed to clear the dogs out of the cave to allow the deer to escape, Clover explained. I was high off the ground at the mouth of the cave, so I opened my mouth wide and cried, Meow! My, my call boomed around the cave, echoing from wall to wall and sending the 200 dogs into a frenzy. They all sprang to their feet and raced from the cave, desperate to find the cat that had made the noise. But they couldn't see me in my hiding place and instead charged off into the trees, barking and yapping and howling as they went. The ogre was furious and, and marched after them, shouting for them to come back, giving the mother and baby the chance to escape. Well, what an amazing story, said Mr. Randolph Fuzzington Third, and other cats nodded in agreement. Come on, Clover, said Pearls. Come inside the house. They entered the home through a cat door set into the larger kitchen door. Once more, there were cats everywhere. There were cats in the empty sink, cats sprawled on the table, and cats on the refrigerator. Well, what do we have here? asked a very fluffy cat from atop the kitchen counter. Oh, this is Clover, said Pearls. And, and Clover, th this is Coco. Oh, what a lovely name, said Clover with a smile. Oh, that's very kind of you, said Coco. And what is it that we can do for you? Well, I had wondered if this was a place that I could live, but I hadn't known that there were 130 cats here already, explained Clover. Hmm, there are indeed a lot of us, admitted Coco, looking around. I suspect you've never seen somewhere so crowded. 
Oh, oh, I have, said Clover. I've traveled many miles to many places and seen many things. Once I found myself outside a beautiful palace where, where streams of people were entering through the palace gates. And curious, I followed them inside. Every room and every corridor was crammed full of people. I'd never seen so many squashed in shoulder to shoulder. It was only because of my small size and nimble feet that I could duck between and around them. As Clover told the story, the cats around the kitchen stopped what they were doing to listen. Eventually, I arrived at the throne room where the queen was surrounded by angry people demanding that she help them. I soon discovered that a great dragon had been terrifying the land, forcing the people to flee for the safety of the palace. The queen had sent her greatest knights to slay the dragon, but not a single one had been successful. The people were angry and afraid, and the poor queen didn't know what else to do. When suddenly this old man angrily asked who would slay the dragon, that the queen didn't have an answer. There was no more knights to send. So, so I squeezed my way to the front and hopped into the queen's lap. I'll do it, I said. I'll see that the dragon never troubles you again. I don't think anyone there believed a mere cat could help them, but, well, what other choice did they have? And so the queen accepted my offer. Every cat in the kitchen was fascinated by Clover's strange tale, each one of them eager to find out what happened next. Well, I, I hopped onto the ledge beside an open window, and I went in search of the dragon. It was surprisingly easy to find with nobody left to terrorize. It had become bored and, and settled into the city square, curled up against the empty market stalls. Now, I was no knight. I carried no weapons but, but my claws and, and no armor but my fur. And these would be little use against a great big dragon. I would have to use my cunning instead. I waited for night to fall when the streets became dark. As you all know, a cat's night vision is excellent, far better than a human's or a dragon's. Staying hidden amongst the stalls, I told the dragon that I was the ghost of the greatest knight that ever lived. And if it didn't leave immediately, I would haunt it for the rest of its days. The dragon scoffed at this and slithered its neck towards the sound of my voice. But I could see this clearly with my night vision and was able to slip away to a new hiding place. I continued to taunt the dragon until it became nervous and unsettled. I don't believe you're a ghost, it said, spreading its wings. This is nothing but a trick. And it took to the air. As its tail left the ground, I leapt for it, hooking my claws around the scales. I was so small compared to it that it didn't even notice I was there. It flew for several miles before settling in a field where I slipped away into the cover of the farmer's crop. The dragon began to scoff at what had happened, saying to itself that there was no such thing as ghosts. Oh, but there is, I said. The dragon shrieked in terror, took to the skies, and was never seen again. Oh, what an astounding story, said Coco, and other cats cheered their agreement, as did two additional voices. Two girls had been listening to Clover's story. Who is this? 
asked one of the girls. Oh, uh, this is Clover, said Pearls. And Clover, this is Rosalie and Adele. Oh, what beautiful names, said Clover with a smile. That's very kind of you, said Rosalie. Have you come to visit? Oh, no, said Clover. I had wondered if this was a place that I could live, but that was before I knew that there were 130 cats already living here. Oh, we certainly have a lot of cats, admitted Rosalie, looking around. Do you think Clover could stay? asked Pearls. She has such wonderful stories. Everyone's been enjoying them. Uh, but we've already got 130, pointed out Adele. Our parents said no more. Mm, but she's a lovely cat, said Rosalie. Maybe we should at least try. Clover was stunned that they would go to that effort just for her and soon found herself ushered into the living room, along with the 130 cats, to where Rosalie and Adele's parents sat. The two girls then did a clever little presentation to highlight how having one more cat would be such a welcome addition to their happy family, and how Clover had already charmed and entertained with her stories. Well, I, uh, I don't know, said Rosalie and Adele's dad. We've already got 130 cats. Look how crowded the room is. There's a cat on every single surface and every inch of the floor. Do we really need another cat? I can't even remember all their names anymore. <laughs> that reminds me of the time I had to remember the names of 1,000 dinosaur hatchlings in order to get them back to the correct parents, said Clover with a happy sigh as she recalled the story. Rosalie, Adele, their parents, and 130 cats were all staring, fascinated by what Clover had just said. Rosalie and Adele's dad sat forward in his seat, careful not to disturb a tabby cat curled up in his lap. Well, it would appear, Clover, that you do have an uncanny ability to bring this whole family together. Pearl was right to show you around. Does that mean she can stay? asked Rosalie. <laughs> sure, replied her dad. What's one more cat when you have a hundred and thirty? Now, Clover, tell us about these one thousand dinosaur hatchlings. Clover grinned from ear to ear and then began. Well, I've travelled many miles to many places and seen many things. But one day, as I was walking along the road... The... And...